You're listening to Rooster Teeth Podcast number 520. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit roosterteeth.com. Switch Hello, on everyone. Welcome to the Rooster Teeth Podcast. This week brought to you by 23andMe, Postmates, and Tipsy Elves. Coming to you for, live from Cyber Monday, I'm Gus. Oh, I'm Jeff. Hey. I am Bertie. I can't see yeah. shit with these on. I actually like these glasses. They're so no, you don't. My you you both, so, you look like dickheads. My nah. face is so oily, it's like slowly pinching off. Is it really? Yeah. Is your stain on okay? I like the, I like the way it's, it's got like these little clamps and then you grab it and put it on. So, for those of you who are listening to the audio podcast, Gus and I have on stupid Morpheus. They're like Morpheus. What do they call it? Like, do you have the earpiece? <laughs> earpiece. They don't have legs. What are they called? Legs. Is that what they're called? Yeah. No. No, not called legs. Yeah. Aren't they called legs? Legs on your glasses. Yeah. Earpiece. Parts of Regardless, they make both of your faces look fat. War Warby Parker. And you guys don't have particularly... Gus's face a little fat. Yours is getting what? better because you lost weight. Yeah. But with those dumb round glasses on, you look fat like he looked Ours. fat. Although... Well, you were way off. Yeah. Where the Lord's fuck did my Diet Coke become a... They gave you a glass. It's marketing, Jeff. Jesus Christ. Uh, hey, hey, speaking of speaking marketing, marketing. speaking of Cyber Monday. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I want to remind everyone we're having a Cyber Monday sale. All t-shirts at $15. Uh, MDB, Achievement Hunter, Achievement uh, Hunter, Achievement Hunter High Star, 50% off. Hackfast deals end when Cyber Monday does. If you're not watching live, you can check out the store for new merch from Rooster Teeth, Ruby, Achievement Hunter, and more. Shop Rooster Teeth store. Have a happy holiday. And of course, Garbo Tuesday is tomorrow. It, it'd, it'd be real fucking nice if, if y'all bought that heist game because somebody's got to. Please. Buy it. Please buy it. Yeah. it. Buy it as charity. Buy it and b b build a use it as a brick and build a house with it. Buy a bunch of them. You might you might have missed when it came out because it was in like chapter eighteen of the marketing email this last week. What, was it in the <laughs> fifth or the sixth email I got yesterday? I don't remember. I've been, re I've been reading the cliff notes. On the I just I just see all the new threads pop up. People, <laughs> do we send we, 140 emails we got a day? George R. R. Martin working on. A, I get the a emails too. George R. R. Martin I, put stuff out. There. I notice. <laughs> At email a day usually, but uh, wow, we're prolific with our emailing, huh? Yeah, he, he, I don't know anything about that scene, <laughs> but what I will say, like, every time I see one of those threads, they're like, God damn it, Rooster Teeth, they're spamming me with emails. All I can think is, if we're doing it, it must be working, right? I assume so. <laughs> so, here's like, the here's the problem. it costs money to send those emails, they're not free. Nathan Isherwood <laughs> doesn't send each like a, th a million emails individually a day. He just cut and paste. So we're paying a service. Put everyone's address. So in. We're, we're spending ca cash is going out, which must mean cash is coming in. So it must mean those emails are awesome. Do you know, Jeff, that I learned on a podcast recently? I just sent a fax. That's the hardest thing on earth to do. Yeah, well, I had to do it too for taxes. 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 I had to send a fax. So I, I got e-fax, and I mentioned to Gus that I was on this thirty-day trial. I got e-fax. He goes, "Oh, I have that service." I go, "You still have e-fax?" Now I know why he has it. I went to cancel it before the 30-day trial. You gotta, you gotta call and talk to somebody that canceled. That's a fucking I smart still move. I honestly use it. You do I not. Try, I tried to help you. They were down that day. I tried to help him. Yeah, apparently every fax machine in the world was down tax day. Gus's e-fax suddenly didn't work. Right? I hear yeah. like Emily Weeks is the fax whisperer in the company. Nobody could find her. Like it was like, it was impossible to fax anywhere. It should be impossible to fax. Aren't we past that? At totally this point? agree. I'm gonna take a picture on my phone and send it to you. That's how I. That's how I got pa past faxing. I just took a fucking photo of my tax form and sent it to my dude, and he was like, "Perfect, thanks." Your that's it. That, that works. Yeah. Your phone is better than any photocopier we grew up with. Oh yeah, by a long shot. 
Do you guys ever have those? You gotta crop all that shit out though. <laughs> do you, do you, what were those things? The mimeograph machines? Yeah, what was that? It, it was, was like, like a, a spinning drum. Yeah, it was like a, it had that purple ink. Yeah. That's the, just that's just this is the old man portion of the podcast, I, by the way. I thought that was just shit they made kids do in grade school when they didn't when they had too much free time. And they're like mimeograph stuff for the teacher. <laughs> like extra four like it, it would put up these blue ink forms. Just like you're taking a quiz yeah. or purple, yeah. And they smelled. And I remember kids would get them and sit there and yeah. smell them. And it would smudge. And it, yeah, it was yeah. it was two things that taught you to huff when you were a kid. It was those, <laughs> and it was those markers that smelled like fruit. Yeah, bad idea. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Like the blue one smelled like blueberry, which by the way doesn't smell like anything. But they would scent them, so kids would sit there and fucking huff these markers oh, yeah. Yeah. in school all day. That's the <laughs> That's machine. I don't even want to get. I, you know, I have that long history with huffing stuff, and the, the whole time I had to go to the hospital because I huffed too much gas. And the, I've told all those stories in the podcast before, but I am intimately familiar with huffing. Yeah, but I'm curious now. What kind of gas did you huff? Gas out of a lawnmower. Yeah, like like gasoline. Just unleaded or? gasoline, like '87. Gasoline, octane, what, what, was gasoline. octane. It was when I was in the army. So, like, <laughs> I told like you, like, Gus. I was big into huffing lighter fluid and gas and Scotch Guard and stuff when I was a kid because I was from Alabama, and uh, and uh, that's what the smart kids did. And, <laughs> right. and uh, but no, I was like, I was in the, I was like, when I was in the army doing detail work before journalism school started, and they put me in a room with a hundred lawnmowers, and they said, "Empty these out for the winter," and I was like, "On it!" <laughs> and I woke up in a back of a pickup truck going to the, going to the hospital. It's their fault, really. <laughs> For not giving you proper and they were like, you must have just been cooped up too much. And I'm like, yeah, that must have been it. <laughs> so you know the dude who does Smarter Every Day just held ThinkerCon in Alabama. I don't know were what Smarter not- Every Day is. Destin, you know Destin from Smarter oh, Every Day? Oh, that dude. Yeah. The Gavin's friend. Yep. Yeah, he's a real nice dude. He does not, I met him one time. I uh, immediately just launched into how much Alabama sucks. He likes it a lot. Right. And I felt bad. Usually, And yeah. I'm like, I'm sure your Alabama is different than mine. Well, he has your Achilles heel, too, where he's a good judge of character, which is terrible for you. Right? <laughs> yeah, <it's> true, <laughs> so true. That wasn't going anywhere anyway. Yeah. But he just held ThinkerCon, and I think Sally was on her way there when yeah, she was on the a, podcast. Yeah. Sally LePage, Dr. LePage. Is it called Dr. LePage? ThinkerCon in Alabama? Yeah. That's so hilarious. You, as an alumnus, a native of Alabama, were you not invited back I to didn't that? get the invite. Yeah, but not. <laughs> didn't make the ThinkerCon cut. They're just gathering up all the nerds so they know where to go to beat them up. Yeah, exactly. What happened with this world where Gavin Freeze, that little fucking idiot that we met 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago now, that idiot is invited to like Cerebral Con. You know, how is that possible? He, talk about winning the lottery. Did he go to ThinkerCon? Oh, dude, go ahead. I was thinking about him when I was in England with Matt and like I had this weird thing where like I had a last minute trip with Matt and Alfredo where we went to Paris and London for one day each, and then we were home. Like, I was in Europe for less than 72 hours. I, by the way, I, t- I completely told Gus about that. Like, can you even say what it's for? I don't think so. I absolutely yeah, threw it's you a on the bus. Deal, I told Gus about it. Now he's he's livid. Yeah. So. Oh, we're talking. We're <laughs> talking. <laughs> That's fine. Once we this can... thing comes out, Gus yeah. is going to open up both barrels. We can I talk. I don't know what I did wrong. I was offered something, and I took it. Uh, it was a good It was a good job. I mean, I didn't get yeah. paid for it or anything. But it was dude, just like you got to travel. I, I, yeah, I got to go spend 18 hours in Paris and less in London. I wasn't in either place for 24 hours. Uh, however, I got to thinking about Gavin and like where he grew up, and um, I always think about him in England. We we actually did a achievement haunter episode. Fuck, it's actually the one that comes out Wednesday. The Hellfire Caves is 30 minutes from where he grew up. Really? And so I got to see like the countryside where he grew up and stuff. And I was thinking about how his his charmed life and how his career started. And he's like the one out of 50 dudes that when an elderly person in the neighborhood takes him aside, right. doesn't get molested. 
Right. Like he's the only <laughs> one. To, he like he's the one that didn't get touched. Are we the elderly dude in this? Because <laughs> he's like, got a lot of elderly dudes him, in his life. He also, grew, he also grew up in the UK versus the US. The, Is that more prevalent here? Ask Gary Glitter and all those like oh, what? Yeah. What are all those dudes that like that? It, isn't it like in England if you're beloved for forty or fifty years and you die, they find out you're a pedophile? Who is the dude who was like Pat, not Pat Sharp? He was the other Mr. Blobby, like all of them. They're all. Oh, was Mr. Blobby really? Wasn't one know. of the guys from the Who? Did he? Wasn't he like researching? He was researching. He was researching. Yeah, researching child, child porn, porn in order um, to help shut it down. Yeah, oh. but so was Shaq for a while, right? And well, okay. But uh, allegedly. But anyway, no, like, and so Gavin befriended this dude in the neighborhood who was like a nice older man who uh, had a camera Dan Gucci <laughs> and the way it ends is Gavin in therapy but this it didn't it, it ended should. with Gavin having a career. It should end with Gavin taking photos with a shirt off in front of wood paneling. Yeah, that's how that exactly. story should end in somebody's yeah. basement. But no, now he's a successful YouTuber. But now he gets to go to the ThinkerCon. Arguably, 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 probably one of the best brands on YouTube. Like everyone I know they don't know what slow-mo guys is, but they've seen a slow-mo yeah, guys Even video. if they don't consider themselves like people who watch YouTube videos or YouTube channels, they probably couldn't name them. But mm -hmm. if you said that, they would know it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I can't, I'm struggling it's, to think of what a better brand well, on Smosh YouTube would be. Well, not gone. Well, not gone, but they're, I mean, stops. who knows what's up pause. with Smosh. Yeah. Hit pause. They, they got their whole, the, the, I've been out of the country for the last week. There's so that I've been Phil away from news. Phil? Yeah. He's managed to have a, a pretty good, but as far as Justine. like a brand and a service. Yeah. Yeah, Justine. Justine's crushing it. Yeah, she crushes it. Yeah. There's that e tiny forever. lady who cooks stuff. She had the dog party. <laughs> what was that we talked about? Dog party? Uh, Rosanna Rosanna Pensino. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Small person. She's, she's very like, small. She's like travel sized. She is tiny. Yeah. yeah. I, I sat next to her at a, at a YouTube lunch. She kicked her ass, she... too. She's like got photos of her like working out and stuff. She's fucking ripped. Well, dude, my first wife was, what, 4'11? And I, she, I, she could, if you pissed her off enough, she could have kicked Andre the Giant's ass. Like, size means nothing. How it's, it's all about rage. Do you think I came to that? <laughs> very, I, still, very, I remember the I, night. I still get I scared that I see her every now and then. You talking yeah. about the night you called her and told her that I was acting weird and I can't insist that we go to a strip club? Oh, I and about that. That whole I thing. forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot Jesus. about that. I, yeah, I thought she was going to kill us all. That was like Bernie frat boy days of like stupid jokes, yeah. playing stupid jokes and that. That, that, yeah, that was, was a funny. prank I tried to pull on Jeff. By telling his wife that she was making us go to a strip club, and that he not was, Griffin, he erratically. Sarah, my first yes. wife, and that I was acting erratically because we had to go. This is weird. We worked in telecom, and it was like it's weird. We work in entertainment. We never do the stuff in the entertainment industry, but in telecom industry, we just go on like hunting trips and take clients to strip clubs. And it stuff was like an expected part of the telecom career field that you take clients to steak dinners and strip clubs. Right. That's what they want 100% of the time. Nah, well, not, not everybody works. 100% of the time. <laughs> it was a different time yeah. back then. But no, really. Like it would be like, "Hey, we got so and so coming in from Dallas. Uh, they want to go to they want to go to Sugars." And I'm like, "All right, I guess we're going to a strip club tonight." <laughs> so, to be clear what happened here was Jeff said, "I guess if I'm going, I best should call my wife and let her know that I'm going there." So he goes outside to call his wife, Sarah. And I just dial her on the other line <laughs> really fast and cut him off at the pass and say, hey, Jeff's really trying to get us all to go to a strip club and we don't want to go. And the, jo the joke here was going to be that you were going to call and talk to her and she was going to think that you were lying to her. Like, oh, my boss is making me go to the strip club and I got to go do this thing. And she'd be like, I just talked to him and he said he's convinced, yeah. you're convincing everybody. That's not the way she took it at all. She took it as Jeff has had a break from reality. And call he the hospital. Yeah, yeah, he needs to be committed or something like that. Yeah. So, pretty scary. <laughs> I, f I forgot about that. I too. forgot about Hilarious. that too. 
She, I, what I a, what a no, great joke. She had a reason not to like me. I forgot about a lot of stuff, but then I got sober. Now I'm starting to remember shit again. So Is that <laughs> I don't remember that comes back. Yeah, eventually it comes back. I don't uh. remember shit. Every now and then I have like a weird memory that unlocks in a weird way, like either a smell or I see a pattern. I don't know how else to describe uh, it. I understand completely. And all of a sudden it unlocks something. I'm like, oh, I didn't even remember this. I feel like if you put us and Matt maybe together, or even just the three of us together, we could probably piece meal most of the last 15 years together, but I'm amazed at the stuff like, I'll just have a conversation with him at lunch or something, not that we ever go to lunch, but on the rare occasion, <laughs> and he'll remind me of something that I have completely and totally expunged from my memory, and he remembers like it was yesterday. It's really weird. We had that recently. You like that we were in Seattle like two years ago, I would, you took me to restaurants, I didn't remember, and, all, and I was like, holy shit, I, we did, and you were like, we used to come here every fucking year, yeah. we would sit at that booth, and I had just lost it all. Yeah, it's weird, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I'm, I remember one or two things that you don't. You, I'm, I'm sure you do. I think it happened. I think it happened recently. We were talking somewhere about something, and you you reminded me of something I totally forgotten about. You you misremember people's names a lot. Yeah, I don't have to be like, no, I, it's, this it's is hard for me to remember people's names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a real problem I have. It's just because I don't care. Do you know that you should know it? I know I should. It's just it's just difficult. Really, does Esther help you with that? No, I'm talking about like. Like even people we work with or people other no, people. I yeah. I was, I was I was thinking like in a social situation when you run into somebody at a party mm. and then you're like, Oh, I don't know their person's name and so that's the spouse's or the partner's job to help you out with that. Then I realized you don't go to parties and yeah, go outside. So that so doesn't happen too. That doesn't apply to you, yeah. I guess, in any way. Patrick, I sent you a photo of a thing to talk about. So um I was thinking about this yesterday yesterday about memory and stuff because I got a new cat. I got a little kitten, a little mush cat. And what are you gonna name it? Mush cat. That's mush cat. That's mush, cat? mush. Right. Mush the cat. You, isn't the cat redundant? I miss mush. Is the <laughs> so is the, like the grieving period over for Joe and now it's time? to Well, move it's on? an orange. He's an orange cat too. Oh. People are gonna think. People are gonna think it's like I'm trying to replace Joe the cat. Joe the cat's like the third orange cat I own. I like. Yeah. I, I have a theory, and it's turned out to be true so far, like, with one glaring exception, and that is that orange male cats have the best personalities. The one exception being Garfield. No, fucking Seamus. Heathcliff? Your, your oh, Seamus. Oh, Seamus. Seamus was, Seamus was Gus's cat, and he was a fucking nightmare. He was not good. He would do that deep bite. Like, he would bite and, like, draw well, blood. I remember when I went, I went to the, I got him from the shelter, um, the one that used to be down here on Town Lake. I went down to the shelter, and, uh, you know, they have all the cats, like, in cat prison. They're all, like, behind cages. And I was walking through, and uh, I, the reason Seamus stood out was he was reaching his right front paw out, like this. And I thought, oh, that's really kind of cute. He's like waving, trying to get attention. No, he was trying to scratch. Yeah, he <laughs> was. I, I, I had yeah, you, I don't remember why, but eventually you decided that you no longer had room in your life for I had Seamus. to move to a, a different place. So I took Seamus over. And do you remember when we brought Seamus home and Sarah, first <laughs> wife again, went up to it and stuck her face in front of Seamus and said, aren't you so cute? You're so cute. And she'd known the cat. She knew the cat Seamus. had been a nightmare. Yeah. And you go, don't do that. And I go, don't do that. And she goes, it's okay. He's happy here. And right when she said that, he grabbed her right here and went. <laughs> and she reached oh. back already in tears, blood everywhere. And that's what it was like until he moved on. It was, it, he would, you, it was like a face hugger from Alien. Just. He got would, in there. He deep. She had scars. It was bad. He oh. would sit at the top. I don't know if you remember this, but yep. he would sit at the top of the house on the roof where the roof crested, and he would sit there and he would just watch the neighborhood. And if he saw anything that he didn't like, like a 
dog that was 60 pounds bigger than him. He would run down the side of the house and take off after it. He would chase cars. Remember yeah. that? And one day he chased after something and he never came back. Well, he, he would chase after raccoons all the time. And I assume he's still on an adventure somewhere. <laughs> he's still running Yeah. to this day. He was the meanest, angriest animal. You know, yeah. what, I, you know what I saw? Saw last week, uh, like Monday before Thanksgiving. I saw the wild animals that were released years ago in Austin, and I rarely see them. The monk parakeets. Oh, yeah, you see them around. Parrots or parakeets? Parrots, I think, right? I think they're parrots. It's just a flock of tropical birds, green birds that live in Austin because they escaped from a, wasn't it a a pet shop or a pet truck? I think it was like something like that, like in a flood or bad weather or something, they got out. Right. And yeah, there's like a herd of them, and uh, you see them a lot on Riverside. Or a flock. Or a flock. Flock, yeah. A A bird herd. Uh, you see them a lot uh, on Riverside, like around HEB and shit. I, I was, because I used to live over there, I would assume. Yeah. You want to see a picture of mush? Years. Yeah. Got, got, uh, got that photo, Patrick, of Little Mush? Yeah, it's Little Mush. Aww. Look at him. Tiny. He's tiny. He's adorable. How old is he? Do you know? He's eight weeks. <whistles> got him at the animal shelter. Town Lake Animal Shelter or the Pets Alive Animal so Shelter? So apparently that's the same thing. The Apparently the Pets Alive is Town Lake, but the Austin Animal Shelter is out on 183. Yes. Like where that weird bridge. Where, yeah. It's but just it, like they just gave up on street planning when they got to that part of they Austin. Did. It's like everything goes every direction. It's where our warehouse used to be. It's yeah. different though because Pets Alive, you can't go unless you're 18. Like they wouldn't let Millie in at the, the old Town Lake Animal Shelter, the one down really? by Town Lake. Uh, uh, kind of over where I live. Yeah, they like I remember Chelsea and Millie tried to go there last year and they wouldn't let Millie in, so they were like, "Fuck you, we're gonna go to." And then I remember because I got annoyed because Chelsea used Millie's account to be like to to show some outrage, and I was like, "Don't, she's a kid. Let's not use her Twitter account for outrage." But they ended up going hey, she to get her Twitter account back. No, she never got her Twitter account back. Man, I listen. I petitioned for it. I filled out <laughs> the paperwork. Um, and I just never heard anything back. Yeah, but she never got her Twitter account back. So how did that happen? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So Millie turned 13 and she had had, it's one of those things where you have to be, you have to be 13. The terms of services, you have to be 13 to have Correct. a Twitter account. So, uh, Griffin created a Twitter account for her when she was, I want to say 10 or 11. Very forward and, thinking. And managed it. I thought it was a really cool thing of Griffin to do. And Griffin mm-hmm. managed her. And it even said, like in the Twitter handle, like managed by Jeff and Griffin Ramsey, yada, yada, yada. And then when Millie turned 13, she said, hey, I'm finally legal. I can have a Twitter account now. I'm going to change my birth date on it. And I said, don't do that. There's no reason to do that. Hold off on that. Don't do that. And Millie said, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, it, that weird shit happens when you do that stuff. Your Twitter account's fine. Your, it, it doesn't matter there's what no you're doing. There's, there's no don't problem. Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. There's no, no problem here. And she was like, the next morning she came in and she goes, dude. And I go, excuse me. And she goes, I changed my birthday. And then it said, um, this means that you've had an illegal account. We're locking your account. So I was annoyed and also very, I told you so. It was great. And then is that like, <laughs> you know this because you're a parent. You love those little moments when you're like, this is what happens when you don't listen to daddy. Yeah, but didn't she have like a 60,000? She had like 70,000 Twitter wow, followers. That's and like, so that's, that's a lot of work. It's significant. Yeah. It's significant. And that's so I went. Lot. I logged into her account. It said, hey, this has been locked because uh, b- breached the terms of services. If if in this specific instance, if you're a parent who was managing an account for a kid, send us this form with like your driver's license and your social security number and all this bullshit and we'll take care of it. And I sent it all to them and I didn't hear back. So I opened up another ticket and did it again. Yeah. And I never heard back again. So if by any chance you work at Twitter and want to give Millie's Twitter account back, it'd be awesome. Otherwise, she just uses Instagram. Almost 
never would I ever want to do a thing where it's like ask people to do things on social media, yeah. put pressure on somebody for something. I don't know why. This seems like with Twitter, doing that on Twitter and getting people to like try to get Millie her account back would be the it's way It's just to unfortunate, go. you know? Like I hate when people talk about airlines and stuff and they get all upset about the airlines. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I, I've I've retired from doing that. I've done that once or twice and then felt guilty about it afterward. But like, Twitter, I think like, I yelled at American Airlines specifically. her account of 70,000 followers. Just, just, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's unfortunate. The other it's company it's okay to shame is the U.S. Postal Service, of course, because they have no shame. What'd you do? What no, no, now? Fuck them. Fuck them. Did you have a problem? I always have problems with them. Is this episode sponsored by Stamps.com? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I, okay, I, I literally so. I'm done I, Christmas I, shopping. By I had a delivery already done. in my PO nice. box. I'm gonna put my Cyber Monday. It was marked as delivered. I was like, cool. I have some in my PO box. I went to get it an hour after it was marked as delivered, and there was nothing in the box. So I go to the counter and I go, hey, I'm looking for this package. You marked it as delivered. There's nothing in the box. Guy goes, uh, that's weird. Let me look for it. He go, like, goes into the back for 10 minutes, comes back, goes, oh, here it is. They, uh, they had just put the key in your box so you could retrieve this at one of, the, you know, one of the other little lockers. And I was like, this box would fit in my box. Why would they give me a key? They go, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was like, Did you have a key? Yeah, the guy handed me a key. He's like, oh. yeah, it's in the box right over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what a, what a, what a fucking racket. The post office is something I don't think about anymore because it's 2018 and it's go. not something we deal with mm-hmm. like we used to. But I just recently, I, I'm doing all this. I, I'm, it's, I'm, it's like I have a new book coming out, so I'm doing all the press. So I was doing the the bungalow podcast last week or two weeks ago with Ezra and Matt, which is they. You don't a, actually have a book coming out it's for no. I, I was being sarcastic. Okay. Uh, it's because uh, that's what people do when they have a book come out. They they or they have a movie coming out. They oh, is do that press. why they do that? Yeah. Fuck off. And so <laughs> I, I never read. Never put two and two together. <laughs> Shut up. So. God, this is why I stopped doing the fucking <laughs> yeah, podcast. No with you. shit, stick to the point. Buy Jeff's book. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I was doing the the Humble I did the book. the bungalow podcast because it was about merch, and I started you know our merch stuff. And uh, I forgot how many how much of our early lives revolved around post offices till we started telling old stories, and it was Dude, it wow. was a major major part of our lives Fuck, for. Man. Three or four years, maybe. Yeah, three years, maybe not quite that long. Two, two, it, three it years. It wasn't constant, but it was. It would peak, and then we'd <sighs> have enormous trouble. And it was different, a little bit different back then because there was UPS and FedEx. But before the Amazon rev- revolution took place, UPS and FedEx were still like premium services, premium private services. Yeah. Back then, you 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 got a Pitney Bowes account. And you remember that? And they yep. would give you the scale and that whole thing. What happened to that company, Pitney Bowes? No, I'm, I'm sure they're still around. They had a Fuck stranglehold, them. just like the post office. Fuck they were the people them. who had that, where you could stamp your own postage. Mm-hmm. Fuck Big fucking them. deal. They would do like a fucking security scam. clearance check on you. Yeah, it, it was, was like, and it was super expensive. You had to pay expensive. like a licensing fee and all this other shit. Like them yeah. and the fucking better business machine. bureau. Yeah, it's it just was a fucking shakedown. It was a racket. It's a racket bullshit years, shakedown. Something like that. Yeah, fuck them. But uh, I don't know if I said that yet. The, <laughs> the frustrating part was when you drive to like all these different uh, post offices and start mailing DVDs. We'd fill up the back of my truck with it and we'd go and we'd stamp them all. Getting the stamps was a whole the story. And then we'd go to all these different post offices because we would show up at one and they go, you can't send anymore. It's too much mail. Yeah. We're like, these these have your fucking stamps on it. We paid for this. Yeah. Prepaid for this. So here, just ship this stuff. I'm like, nah, 
we can only take this amount. We'll take a third of it. Yeah, I talked about the day that I discovered that we discovered the. Uh, I told the story, and if you want to hear these stories, just listen to the fucking Bungalow podcast. Uh, but I, I mentioned the the one story when we discovered the loading dock. What a revelation that was for us. Yeah. And also, I told the story about how when we tried to buy fourteen hundred dollars worth of stamps and they wouldn't sell them to us because somebody else might want them. Yeah, the Edna Ferber stamps. <laughs> yeah, they're like we're here. We want to buy Where's them. somebody else. It's like, can you imagine going to the store? Like, no, we can't sell you four steaks. Somebody else might want a steak. Somebody later. else might want like, a I'm, steak later. I want to eat the somebody steak. Somebody definitely wants right a steak right no, now. And her explanation to me was she said very simply, she goes, Well, let, let me explain this to you. Let's say I sell you all these stamps. They were 83 cent Edna Ferber stamps. Yeah. I remember it so well. I had one. I was going to frame it in this massive frame, just an 83 cent stamp. It's about for 24 you. by 36 frame, just the Edna Ferber <laughs> right, right in the middle. Right in the middle of it. But I don't know what I did to the stamp. And she said to me, She goes, I'll explain it. She goes, Let's say I sell you all the 83 cent stamps that I have. Because I basically said, I will just buy all your stamps. She goes, how many do you need? I go, whatever you have, yeah. I will buy them because they were hard to find. And she goes, she goes, if I sell you all my 83 cent stamps, if someone comes in and they need an 83 cent stamp, I'll have to tell them I can't sell it to them. I'm like, I'm that guy. Yeah. You're, you're making you're telling, me that guy. Yeah. It's like, this is the person standing right in front mm -hmm. of you and you're saying you won't sell it to Ed me. Edna Ferber was an American novelist, short story writer, and playwright. Yeah, she, she was. She was too, right? Her novels include Pulitzer Prize winning, So Big, Showboat, Cimarron, uh, giant and Ice Palace. She wrote giant. the first draft of The Matrix too. Not many people know that. <laughs> Interesting thing about you—you you use the proper terminology. I learned recently the term suffragette is diminutive. I never and you're heard supposed suffragette. To say suffragist. Suffragette used to be what people would say. Oh, but that's considered. Uh, I've never heard suffragist. Where'd you learn that? You research for your uh, Red Dead part. Is that where you learned it? Uh, no, I don't remember. What, I read what, it on Reddit. Or was it in your book? <laughs> I don't have a book. You should have a book. I, I agree. <laughs> you know, stop talking about your book. Uh, Jeff's yeah. new show, though, Achievement Haunter. <laughs> I'm reluctant to say <laughs> Tell this. Tell us more about it. When does that come out? Where can, we, where can, the, where can the people watch that? I understand you hunt ghosts. Uh, <laughs> that's got to be crazy. Any funny stories lately? Jeff, Jeff's show, and I think I'm okay saying this because it's well ingrained now, branding-wise, with the audience. But it suffered from what I consider to be one of the strangest phenomenons in... I guess the English language, which is where people will randomly make one word, decide that a word is either plural or possessive. Mm -hmm. And we worked at a company that people would do that to. Oh, the most yeah. famous example I can think of is, I almost choked out. There's a company in the U.S. called Eckerd Drugs, or there was. It's probably gone now. It's gone. It got absorbed by CBS. Absorbed. Yeah. AT&T bought them. You mean Eckerd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everybody called Eckerd Drugs Eckerds. And they just called it Eckerds. And the name of the store was not Eckerds. It was Well, you could Eckerd. see it being Eckerds Drugs. Right. But no one would ever say that, it was just Eckerd. But it wasn't. You know, it, it was just Eckerd. And they had to register domain names for Eckerds and everything else because everyone wanted to make that word plural. And yes. they were trying to do that with Achievement Haunter. They still do it constantly. It, and it'll it, it's like in meetings and shit, people like, you know, you and Matt and Ezra at your level will be saying Haunters. And I'm like, yeah. I do this joke now. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell my fucking kids, don't be ironic because you're just living that truth if you yeah. if you try to do it too much. Wow. So I've said haunters so many times now that I'm part of the problem. The one I hate here internally is rooster teeth, one word. Rooster teeth, one word, is a, uh, that one annoys me too. Yeah. I, I see one. it written out. Yep. I guess so, yeah. You guess so. I guess so, but I feel like there was there's a period of time where we were figuring that out. Well, I think yeah, like that period of time was 14 years ago when we figured it out. Yeah. I don't think we figured out too much naming a company Rooster Teeth. Now we suck. Bad idea. Rooster Teeth is a shitty that name. That one's on me, dude. Achievement <laughs> Hunter is a shittier name. That's on me. Fucking well, Achievement Hunter is a bad name because the people that watch the shows can't spell the word. That's the problem. But they're just fucking dumb all the way around. <laughs> Do you look at the achievements for uh, uh, Achievement Haunter? Dumb name. You're doubling the down on that dumb name. The only reason that Haunter is a name is because nobody liked it. 
I said it as a joke, and then in the 11th hour, the 11th 11th hour, because we went through naming this thing, every name people came up with was taken, because everything has to go through legal now, so they'd be like, oh, you can't call it that, because there was a show in 1986 called that, or whatever. And so, it was down to, like, Boo Boys or something. There was, oh my god. That was never gonna happen. But there were some really Boo like boys. generic bland names and I was just like, I finally put my foot in and I'm like, we're just gonna call it Haunter because we can call the show Haunter if it ever gets picked up for TV or whatever. That was a big we can drop the achievement thing. The achievement and every thing, other yeah. name sucks and is generic and bland and until somebody can come up with a better name, that's just what we're gonna call it. So eventually I wore them down. You had a better name. Huh? You had a better name. What was the better name? The better name was, uh, Are You There, Ghost? It's Me, Jeff. Are You There, Ghost? It's Me, Jeff is a great name. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name. But it's like, too long. It's a mouthful. I was, I was like, I used to torture Jeff for a short period of time when Heroes and Halfwits was coming out. That it was an also <laughs> show that spent forever being also named. Also shitty name. Forever fucking being named. Mm-hmm. And I would just send Jeff emails all day of just random names. I, I think the, I appreciated this. The, the name Heroes and Halfwits, so the, the name I had suggested that became Heroes and Halfwits, I had suggested Halfwit Heroes. Yeah. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and then it got rearranged to be more, like, blank and blank. To I liked chit-chat, but nobody knew what a chit was, so. Yeah. yeah. We, a, we, we sat in that fucking room for like, for, like, two hours and filled a whiteboard with names. I did that multiple times for Haunter before I finally just gave up. Yeah. I think my two favorites that I said to stuff. Jeff were... Dun Jeff and Dragus was one. <laughs> that was on the whiteboard, I think. <laughs> and the other was Orange is the New Chaotic Evil. That was a good one. That was actually my favorite. I, I'm glad you remembered that one. That was my favorite out of all of them, but nobody would allow us to, nobody else bit. I thought that was great. Orange is the New Chaotic Evil is great. Names I also just, liked yeah. 123 Ghost. <laughs> but nobody, wanted, nobody would let me have that one either. 123 Ghost is great, <laughs> a good one. dude. That's really good. How about Ready, Set, Ghost? Yeah, I think we had On Your Market, Set, Ghost as well. <laughs> That's yeah. great. And your market set goes. That could be a good tagline. I think Trevor came up with that. So that what I, I decided is that we would take all the hilarious, of, their, of which there were many Haunter names uh, that got rejected, and they would just be episode titles. But, you know, I don't know whatever happened to that. Yeah. You can't go with your, like, running theme for t- titling stuff. You can't call it, like, Let's Paranormal Investigate. Let's boo. Let's bust. Let's boo's let's good. Bust. Uh, <laughs> let's boo. Uh, here, I'm gonna read this thing. Go for uh, it. I want to remind you when this episode of Receive Podcast is brought to you by 23andMe. Uh, do your arms and legs twitch when you're sleeping? With 23andMe's sleep movement report, you can discover how your genetics may be influencing how much you move your arms and legs during your sleep. Many people dislike cilantro, describing the taste as soapy. Do you have the genetic markers associated with this taste? Uh, or if you hear a musical note, can you sing it back? I guarantee you Jeff cannot. Genetics can play a role in that as well. 23andMe is a personal genetic service that helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you and your family story. A 23andMe DNA kit is the perfect gift for everyone you love. There's never been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to your parents, your siblings, your aunts, your grandparents, everyone else on your list. With 23andMe's Ancestry Composition Report, you can explore where your DNA is from out of 150 plus regions worldwide. You can discover the origins of your maternal and paternal ancestors and how they moved around the world over thousands of years. You can trace parts of your ancestry to a specific group of individuals from over a thousand years ago. So now, through December 25th, that's Christmas, you can get 30% off any 23andMe kit. You can order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com rooster. That's the number two, the number three, andme.com slash rooster. Again, that's 23andme.com rooster. Thank you, 23andMe, for sponsoring this episode of the Rooster Podcast and for being a service that I love. Thank can you for letting us know that musical talent is genetic. Now yeah. I can fucking blame it on that. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Mom. Hey, can I just say, your sight reading is getting way better. Why? 
Was you, it bad? You're getting good. Yeah. Was I bad at it? I mean, only for the first all the time I've known you. No, yeah. fuck you. How many ads do you re-record on a regular basis? Almost never. Oh, please. <laughs> Patrick? How, how often? I, I never have to re-record. Six at the most. The only time uh, I have to re-record an ad is when it's too good and Rooster Teeth's a bunch of pussies that won't put my ads out. Oh, Cowards. right. <laughs> Forgot about that. Jesus Christ. That, no like two, two no balls for teeth. That's what we should call ourselves. What happened? What's, what'd you do? Every time I do a goddamn ad read, it's a work of art, and they re-fucking record it because they're cowards. No offense, Patrick. You buckle? I don't buckle. I walk away, and as soon as I leave, they have Jeremy re-record it. Sales go, department. Hey, Jeremy, can you re-record that? Chef's too, chef's too edgy. He's too cool. You're too cool? Yeah. Is that, how, how does that feel? That's also, that, why is he wearing blackface in this photo? <laughs> 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 we, we, have you talked about We've that We've never yet? talked about that. Jeff did, a, Jeff did a Civil War recreation where he played a yellow fever victim. I had, yeah, I was a jaundiced man with yellow fever. <laughs> but I was standing, and somebody, it's... It when, was, when was this? Oh, it was, I don't an, remember it was this. an internal firestorm. It was an internal firestorm. Here's what happened. On the set of Haunter, we liked to, we were promoting it. Because, you know, we filmed... I was figuring this on the car. We filmed nine episodes of Haunter thus far. Right. And so we had filmed a bunch before they even came out. And so we were trying to figure out how to promote it ahead of time, yada, yada, yada. So we were sending out production stills via Twitter and even though they stole my BTS, daughter's account. BTS, they call it. BTS stuff. And Jeremy posted one. I think it was Jeremy of him in a Civil War soldier's outfit and me standing next to him as a jaundiced yellow fever soldier right. because I was a person, a one of 800 people who died in an unmarked grave in this town in Shreveport, Louisiana, because I had yellow fever. Spoiler, in order to make a ghost show, you have to tell stories about the people that died. Yeah. And some people in the company, and I don't know who to this day, nobody told me, were offended by the photo because they thought I was in blackface. Right. There and was, I wasn't. That was a, that would, I don't know where they got the idea huh. that, that would be the and case. And it became an internal firestorm, he's not wrong, that required a lot of meetings and an approvals process to re releasing stills from, and which is why you don't see a lot of stills from Haunter episodes anymore. We just walked away from it. We don't want to, it's not worth the, the hassle. It was like two days of bullshit meetings, like bullshit Jeff and Bernie and Matt and Ezra meetings and stuff. For, uh, to solve a problem that didn't exist because I was I was just playing a guy with yellow fever. But I guess something about the clothes, standing next to the Civil War guy, some people internally thought I was uh, like no, doing, a, not one doing a Ted Danson, will be Goldberg. Yeah, say, I never heard anything thing. about this. No, it, yeah, the it, audience didn't think so because nobody's they're, they're not lunatics. Uh, but yeah, so it was a whole thing. Spoiler, it was Bernie who started the, who started <laughs> yeah, the pod was, internally. It was. It was. I'm what? writing my own book. Now. Did, did you see that? I guess here Chapter in Chapter Two, Jeff's a racist. In Texas, they're finally going to start teaching. In Texas schools, they're finally going to start teaching that slavery was a central cause to the Civil War. I saw that. Yeah. Can you believe? We, in uh, it's amazing to people that people will argue that with me to this day. I was recently on that vacation that I was on. I was on a sailboat with somebody for like two weeks, and this person was, dude, warning flag, red flag, warning bell. Does Ashley know? You're on a boat with for two weeks. She was there with me. She was learning. Uh, as well. was like she a, was learning to sail as well. Like a hot threesome type thing. What, huh? It's like eight people on the boat. So oh shit! It's a whole scene, dude. It's a whole scene, dude. The wow. uh, but a, a warning flag for sure is when someone says they're not political 
Like Ugh. it's the same as when somebody says that they don't like drama. Mm-hmm. Just like just like slowly back away yeah. from that person. Sure enough, this person who's not political and doesn't like talking about politics talked about policy, talk, politics the entire fucking time. What and a then, great vacation! And then try one of the things they tried to convince me of was the fact that the Civil War was not about slavery. I forget what it is even about. It wasn't even like the states' rights about thing. States' rights or land rights or something. Some, it was bullshit. something really fucking specific, nah. and I can't remember what it was because I was just it was like about was, my great great grandfather and a lot of other people wanting to own people. Yeah. Yeah. Continue to continue to own people. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And it was like he in particular was uh, like really about the didn't understand. Why and he's the weird thing was not even from the U.S. This was really strange. He didn't understand why uh, they were pulling down Confederate war hero statues uh, around the South. Like that was in particular, he was very upset about. He was upset. He's not even from the United States. No, he's not. What does he fucking care? No, I know, right? You know what they what they did that I I understand that those things have historical significance. Um, and I don't want to see them destroyed because of it. But what they did uh, years and years ago. Gavin and I went to Budapest for um, a brand deal, or not a brand deal, but like a thing we for a video game company, which is how we met our friend Linda, Linda. And I've been back to Budapest a few times because she's become a family friend. One of the things they did in Budapest that was really cool is they took all of the Soviet era statues and they put them in a field out outside of town and said, if you want to go look at all this Cold War stuff, if you want to go look at all the video, the pictures of Stalin and all that shit, it's, it's over there. You just go to that field and check it out. There's a park that we just segregated it all to that area. Yep. I don't know why we can't do something like that. Yeah, I mean, to I, me, that's the walk in that fine line between history and celebration. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm more in the destroy it all camp, but if we're gonna keep it, I guess that's the way to do it. Like I don't see why you would have statues celebrating people who are traitorous to the country you live in now. Sure. Uh, I, I but I don't think I don't think destroying a piece of history. I mean, you're not destroying it. You're still teaching it. I have to say this, though, too. It's only history because they were left up after the war. Every True. other war, True. they tear that shit down. Like, True. we were celebrating the them tearing down the Saddam Hussein one. Remember? That was the huge yeah. image. You know, that's a great point. And that's they were just point. left up as an appeasement kind of a thing. And then, you know, the Confederate flag was flown, flown over state capitals and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, you know... Stars and bars are a battle flag. Yeah, right? I don't know if somebody, somebody corrected me on that once. Anyway, it was it was definitely a nation that was fighting against the U.S. The flag was flown um, over that nation. It just seems like all that stuff should be left behind. It should have been left behind at the time. Yeah. The problem was it was left to say, and I think because of that, that's why we had so many systemic problems for so long. Not that we've cured those either, but they were so ingrained, like segregation and things like that. They were official laws mm-hmm. and everything. They just it was it was this like period of hey, let's stop killing each other bloodiest war ever for the U.S., and let's just go, you know, come up with some kind of nice little middle ground. Sometimes you don't reach a middle ground. Sometimes you don't reach a compromise, you know, on some things. And that's one of the things I think you shouldn't be compromising on. I agree. Just so we're clear, I don't want anybody listening to this or watching this to think that I'm pro-Confederate statues. No, no, I don't want to, I don't hope it didn't come across that way. You're very clear. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just, if people want to see it and be reminded of that, Horror and that mistake, then maybe they just it's go like to over. A, it's like over next to the town dump. I'm yeah, gonna, over I'm by the dump. Yeah, this like, week because of you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Let's Appreciate not it. let's not put it you on. Want to uh, a photo about it? <laughs> I, I'm so gun shy about stuff now. I <laughs> I feel like really? I have to over explain all the time. Yeah, just like it's so easy to misconstrue things, and you say one thing, and a lot of times we're in a situation where we're talking. Uh, I guess maybe a little bit less for y'all, but I talk four to six hours a day in Achievement Hunter content mm-hmm. and podcasts and stuff. And you like, a lot of times you'll go down a path and you'll start to explain something and you get distracted. But oh, in your yeah. head, you explained it. And then when it comes out, you're like, oh, I didn't explain my point very well. Or, oh, that's right. I got 
distracted but like it's not what back I said. Around. and then you go back and listen and you didn't say everything that was in your head yeah, yeah. and so I I just I live in that fear constantly that I'm yeah I don't know it's a very reactionary world we live in right now it is, so, yeah. it is. so what are you gonna do to get your uh, daughter's Twitter account back I she's maybe you should build I'm a statue not, for I'm it not gonna I, I don't know I mean I filled out the form and I opened up two tickets and that that was months ago and nothing happened so I guess I'm not gonna call Bill Twitter, you know, Jack, uh, or whoever it is. Nah, he's too busy. I, I think I just shit nobody wants. What's your best? What's your best name that you came up with for something? Because we have historically bad names, but Red versus Blue is a good name for good. a show. It's a good title for so a show. Says the guy who came up with the name. I'm, no, no. Listen, I'll, I listen. My first movie was called The Schedule. That's terrible. I named <laughs> the company Rooster Teeth. That was even worse. I got one. The I'm best, not taking credit for having good names. That's my one shiny example. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. Yeah. The best names I have are old names we used to use for social, for like private communication and stuff, like internal email addresses, like the old dick fart vagina butt stuff. <laughs> but the best, uh, my AIM name back when we used to have AIM, and we'd have to change it all the time because it would get out. My my last big AIM name that I used was uh, Delicious Boner. Yeah. And uh, the, and here's why it was an amazing name because you were in Virginia. Is that where your dad moved to? When he got remarried? North Carolina, North Carolina. Asheville. You were in Asheville, North Carolina, visiting your dad and his uh, new family that he liked more than you. And uh, <laughs> I'm assuming. And uh, for Christmas, and you wanted to show your dad that you could like video chat or audio chat through AIM so that you guys, so that he could talk to the boys from North Carolina or whatever. Right. And so you test called me. I was at the office and uh, you were there with your first wife, Jordan, or, and, uh, and, and your dad and his wife. And I heard it connect, and I heard it on their end say, like a little AIM voice say, uh, delicious boner has connected. And I heard your wife go, oh, gross. <laughs> and you go, oh, all right, thanks, Jeff, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the best things ever, and I, am I remembering this right? Didn't AIM have the ability to take over someone's computer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was one of the greatest things ever whenever I established that with my dad, because my dad would constantly break his computer. And I, it was like just left it up enough to where I could like get in and like mm -hmm. fix everything for him, you know, like the printer didn't work or something like that. He was always fucking something. Was up. it? Am I mem remembering this wrong? Was it your dad who installed Word every time he needed to use it? That is correct. Yeah, that's my that's dad. True. He had like forty copies of Word, Microsoft <laughs> Word installed. He ran the installation of Word every single time he went to run Word. <laughs> and he, he, I don't even know how he installed it in a different place every time. <laughs> Here's what's fucked Very up. Very smart man. Very smart man. Just different era. Way, yeah, way smarter than you. Uh, I've met the dude. He was awesome. Um, yeah, you're yeah, gonna be that fucking stupid to JD and Teddy in some capacity. What is it though? I, don't I think know. about that a lot. Like, when do I get the point where I'm just, I'm just dumb. I'm old dumb. It'll be like some kind of VR implant that I can't get because or, I'm too old. Or it'll be like a social media thing. Like. I thought struggling it was, to understand something new. I thought it was Snapchat for me, mm -hmm. but then I realized that it was just a fad and nobody used it anymore anyway. So I, I, thought, it, I thought it was Dude, Tumblr. you're going to catch so much shit for saying that. Every time I fucking say that, that Snapchat's on the decline, I nah. get called Snapchat's an dead. old man. Snapchat's yeah, it's, it's, yeah. more than dead. It's, uh, it's awful. It's like I took so much heat for that, for saying that Snapchat was on the decline. Just like when I said when the Xbox One was coming out, I was like, well... Why does everyone care about physical media? Everyone's moving to digital anyway. People are like, you're full of shit, but what's the last time you bought a physical game? Also, couldn't, I think the, the, ru the rumor is that the Xbox One, uh, the rumor is that Microsoft's developing a diskless Xbox One to lower awesome. the price and get it out.
awesome. So it just speaks to your point, like yeah. the, like the lack of physical media. And they also are going to start a pr- the other part of the rumor was that in order to convert your disk library, again, this is all rumor, totally unsubstantiated, that you at select retailers should be able to trade in your physical copy of a game for a key that you could redeem to then add a digital version of that game to your library, which is what I think they said originally when Don Matrick unveiled the uh, Xbox yeah. One. But uh, they, I think, I'm not saying what they're doing was right. Just, they messaged it in a super fucked up way. And well, they didn't address people's concerns. I gotta say, I don't buy games physical media, but I just bought Infinity War on Blu-ray. I say just bought it, bought it whenever it came out. And uh, it comes with a code. So then I have it also on all my digital devices. Yeah. And it's like an extra two bucks, basically, to have the disc as well. Hmm. So, I just bought it. I did the same thing. You know where I bought it? Line at the grocery store, dude. Was it like an impulse buy, like next to the Snickers? It was right there. It's like, fuck, I love Infinity War. Also, Gavin kept trying to convince me that Blu-rays look better than any streaming service, that the bitrate is higher for a Blu-ray yeah. disc. Yeah, you full of shit. It's absolutely true. It's 100% true. Yeah. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. I watched Game of Thrones on HBO streaming. There's a lot of blacks in that show Ugh. because they're in dungeons yeah. and yeah. shit and castles where there's no lights. The backgrounds are mostly black on the interiors. It's so, like, a gradient behind yeah. people, and I'm just like, Or there's, like, a, a torch or a light source, and it's, like, that pulsing gray that's yeah. just, like... Squares because of compression. I I recognize that that's a thing. I stream 100% of my stuff. And I've bought a few Blu-rays. And they definitely look better. But I'll just... If, like, I have the, for instance, the birds on Blu-ray. That's one of the Blu-rays I have. Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah. I have, have like, five Blu-rays. And I bought some of my favorite movies. The birds are one of my favorite movies. If I saw it was on TV streaming or just on cable or whatever and I went to watch it, I wouldn't think, oh, you know, I have this on Blu-ray and it's just... If I just get up and walk over and find it in that drawer and then put it in, I can watch it slightly better. I go, nah, it's good enough the way it is. No, I, agree I just with don't that. give enough of a shit about how much better something looks. It's like graphics it's, in video games. People just go ape shit for it, and then after two minutes, I don't even see it. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? To me, it's like it's always been very much mm-hmm. about the gameplay. That being said, you being the star of Red Dead Two, I am the star head, of Red Dead Two. You 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 will take pride in this. Uh, I play it on two TVs. I play it. But my treadmill, because the open world games, I'll play on a treadmill. Yeah. And then I also play it on the big TV in the living room. And uh, man, that it's a world of difference, dude. Is that it? game is gorgeous. Played on a big screen. It Silly is Jack. really amazing. It uh You're yeah. gone, by the way. Huh? You're gone. Uh, I bounce around. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I bounce like, around. You sometimes, and Jack's characters are gone. Sometimes I'm in Valentine and then sometimes I'm in uh like a, a bunch of other places. What's yeah. that? Dust Yeah. Uh yeah, that that's kind of funny. Out of all the stuff we've done in 16 years, or almost almost 16 years now, almost 15 16. and a half years, yeah. that's the thing like that I I'm inundated uh, with people noticing. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like every time we we had that short that was on Tosh.0 for a while, and like every time that a rerun there, we'd get hit like a couple times on social media and sure. be like, "Oh right, I forgot about that." Or people would see us on an MTV thing or whatever. But goddamn, I get probably 30 tweets a day mm-hmm. sustained still. That are people freaking out that we're in Red Dead. Yep, and it's such a minor little character too. I mean, it was super awesome of them to put us in, but no, I'm just my, amazed my kids that, liked it a lot. Like anecdotally, that must be the best-selling video game of all time because I feel like if if only people that tweet me bought it, it's still there's still millions. Uh, you know, and then the most watched TV show is that To Catch a Predator episode where the guys wearing a risky Jesus hoodie. Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, can I, I can talk about that for a second. I can talk oh. about that for a second. So that was not. Uh, there's this Chris Hansen show. To Catch a Predator, is that what yeah. it's called? Where they bait I think it's, yeah. pedophiles to come, and then they have like a bait kid or whatever. It's like a cop who looks young, and they put him yeah. in there, or him or her. 
And uh, one of them was wearing a Rooster Teeth shirt one time. First of all, I don't like when people send me photos of that because I don't like those shows. I don't want to be anything. I don't want to be involved with that. I don't want to celebrate that. I don't want to make an entertainment product based on pedophilia and people getting under the guise of doing good. But it's it's also, really are they arresting people? That just yeah. doesn't seem yeah. like a real thing. How can you arrest someone on TV? Yeah, well, the, 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 the cops the are there show. right afterwards. They I have guess. like they have like live PD and shows like that. I know, but I always I don't know. I've always felt cops? like that was like. I mean, cops have been around for thirty years. It still feels like it doesn't make it better. It doesn't. It, yeah. yeah, it's still law enforcement shouldn't come with a network television camera behind it. You yeah. know. Anyway, uh, but that's beside the point. People watch the show; they're popular. People watch them. And this kid was in, uh, or this cop who was playing a kid was, uh, or a young teenager was uh, wearing a Rishi shirt. They didn't ask permission. To be fair, we wrote them and said, "Hey, please don't use any of our shirts ever again or any of our merchandise." And they said, "No problem." Oh, they, really? They oh, that's cool. Did. So they they were like absolutely no I didn't problem. Know we did that. Didn't uh, you know? I mean, anytime you, you look, we know this. Every time you use a logo in something, you know, you black it, have to black it out with a little piece of tape or something like I that. I assume that's, that's, that's why, why you, you can't see my fucking diet coke anymore. Because I read on Reddit the other day, somebody was like, "Is there some new policy at Rooster Teeth?" I noticed they're hiding all the diet cokes from uh, on the podcast now. Patrick, are we doing that? I think they're just showing the merch. merch. Oh, we're just yeah. showing merch. Also, buy diet coke. Delicious. That's not Diet Pepsi is the way to go. Really? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I feel like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just learned something about you. Yeah, I've made the switch to Diet Pepsi uh, uh, earlier this year, what you like, and I will start? never go back. Why? Gonna go Diet RC next. What's that? Diet RC. Oh, that's fucking gross. No, uh, Diet Pepsi just tastes better than Diet Coke. And I've had, I've been drinking, I have been drinking Diet Coke my entire life. Like I grew up with a, a, a diabetic father. So we never had sugar in the house. And so I grew up since I was in high school drinking Diet Coke because that's all that was available to me. And then uh, after you get used to it, you did regular Coke tastes like very sugary to me. Yeah. So I've been drinking Diet Coke my entire 30 something fucking years that I've been drinking soda. And uh, and the other day, like the other day, like a year ago, I, I had a Diet Pepsi and I thought, oh, this is this actually tastes pretty good. And so uh, then I, I switched and now I just drink Diet Pepsi. When when it's when it all available. See, I grew fascinating. Up, story. I grew up with in a diabetic household as well, but the people in my house didn't understand what a carb was. They just didn't know <laughs> what it was. It's like my dad when he was doing low carb, he was eating stuff like popcorn and orange juice. Oh wow! And I know. And it's just like, Dad, what are you what are you doing? And then he switched to cranberry juice. I'm like, you really don't get this. Yeah. Even to like to the point where right before he well, died, people think juice is healthy. Like he didn't know milk had carbs in it. I'm like, yeah. just read the labels right fucking there. It's well, right there. My dad was a juvenile diabetic, so he didn't have a choice. He'd fucking kick it real fast. Um, you think he's uh, a type one diabetic, like insulin yeah. shots and stuff like that. Uh, Three a day, yeah. No shit, really. Yeah, Did you I get that one of those pumps. Those seemed like they were amazing. Those were later on. Yeah, uh, he was a little old at that point. Um, I don't talk about it a lot. Uh, these are actually quite painful memories. But yeah, there was like a period in my life, most of high school, where we went to the emergency room three nights a week. Wow. No yeah. shit. Yeah, my dad. Well, he was. Yeah, he he had a very very delicate balance with his diabetes, and he was also uh, had had some addiction problems. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, like I would come home from school and be scared to walk in the house because I would be scared of what I'd see. And very often, I'd come home, and then my dad would just be laying in a pool of blood, and there'd be like broken furniture, and I'd have to call the paramedics. And like, my dad died in my arms one time. I don't know. Did I ever tell you that story? No. This is a depressing podcast. Yeah, he fucking died. I was holding him, and he died, and paramedics were able to bring him back to life. Yeah, it was fucking just like hell, it dude. was like that constantly. 
grown up. So I, I hate to move to like a travel anecdote Let's after that, <laughs> but to lighten the mood a little bit, I told the story on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Was it you? Who was sitting next to me on the plane when the guy behind us died on the plane? Wasn't me. Do you remember this though? No. Oh my god. Do you okay. remember this? It wasn't me. Yeah, I, I, I heard told, the story. I, I can't, but I'll tell you afterwards. I can't me. tell on the podcast again because people freak out if I tell the same story twice. Somebody died in a one month period. He came back. Don't worry. <laughs> the paramedics bring him back. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story again in another two years. Okay, yeah, fair so enough. That's the rotation now. We go two years between telling the same story uh, three times. Yeah, yeah but, the guy oh. passed out. Like doctor came up and everything, and he was the guy was dead, and then he was okay. No, oh. nobody did anything. Walked he was off just, the plane. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Walked uh, off the plane. Oh. Didn't even get met by medical professionals or anything. Just died and then didn't. Hey. Decided. Eh. Want to remind everyone this episode of the Receipt Podcast is also brought to you by Postmates. I hate it when I need to eat, but I can't stop what I'm doing to deal with it. And the o- and only fast things that deliver are not what I want. You screwed with me. You got in my head. <laughs> now you get your favorite beverages and meals delivered to your door. Introducing Postmates, the app that adds a delivery option to your favorite restaurants. Imagine anything you want to eat delivered. You don't have to drive, park, or even talk on the phone to order. <laughs> what are you looking at? You read this ad. You forget to get eggs and milk? No problem. Create a tasty burger? Check. Looking for the perfect bottle of red wine or a summer beer? Order up. Postmates is your new long-term munchies booty call. Just download the app and place your order 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you want within the hour. You can even see where your food is and track the driver. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app today and use code ROOSTER. That's code Rooster for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Save the hassle, get the food you love fast at Postmates with code Rooster. You got in my head. I feel like you didn't punch fast in the way they wanted you to. Uh, Fast. There you go. So, up and at them. Here's Here's a great idea for future ad reads for Postmates. Get a Postmates person to come here, deliver something, and then they have to read the ad. That's a great idea. Here's why it's great knowing people for most of your adult life. I fully insulted you in the first read, knowing that it would affect your second yeah. read, and I'm so happy that paid off. Yeah. I guess we're up to seven ad reads Ugh. now. That was being so no, was that did, I did my it. heart good I saved it. to know that I can still fuck with you yeah. after all these years. Oh, it's great. Did, let me ask you this: Did you start the ad read going, "I can't fuck this up"? Yep, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. You got in your own head, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. Just start thinking about it. Uh, we all. That's the. That's like it's the. <laughs> it's the thing I love about Rooster It's like the Howard Stern show. Was, we all know. It was. It was we it? know the buttons to push the little triggers. Uh, yeah, the M. Lewis eighty three eighty four in chat is saying it was Miles. Miles was on the plane with me. What yep. am I doing flying with Miles? Flying with Miles. Oh, it's like this. I'm gonna tell Miles he's not allowed. Uh, to tell it was Miles and Carrie, according to Christoph War. Get the fuck out of here. Miles. Okay. Where are we going? What was it going? You must have drew some short ass straw. That probably would have been RVB days. Maybe some Maybe early Ruby stuff. Or some no. say miles. It wasn't that long ago. It was like two years ago. Ugh. What's that? It wasn't that long ago that it happened. It was like two years ago. Was it? I don't know. I think you're going for my repeated stories after two years thing. I'm in my own head. Mm. Yeah, I got, you're off your game tonight, man. Yeah. Jeff Jeff showed up and got in your head. Did you did you hear I saw a story in the New York Times today that kind of disturbed me? Uh, there's this guy in Texas, I forget where, I think I want to say it was like Ector County, Texas or something, where, uh, he was already in prison, and he just started confessing to murders, and they think he might be the most prolific serial killer ever in the United States, that no. he may have murdered up to 90 people. On the border? Was he the guy that was killing women on the border a couple no, years ago? No, I uh. think was just, this, this was somewhere else, and, um... They're just like, I guess they had already convicted him, he'd been in prison for a while, and he's, he's old now, he's like 78 or something, and he's just like, telling all these stories and law enforcement's talking to him and, and you know, connecting the dots and saying like, yeah, you know, he knows shit that wasn't released about these cases. No shit. Mm-hmm. 
So That's they, crazy. They think he might he they, they might have in custody like the most prolific serial killer of all time at that they know of at 90 people, which makes me think that's a lot of fucking people to have like unsolved murders for all connected to by one person. I don't person. think they ever want to talk about how many people go unsolved. Dude, did you hear about the guy in Alabama who was, there was a shooting, I want to say at a mall too, oh, yeah. shot yeah. and injured. And then this guy was a licensed handgun carrier, oh. pulled his gun out. Cop walked up to him and according shot to reports, him. what I read, shot him within milliseconds. He's a yeah. black guy, that, that, licensed that, handgun owner. Pulled his gun out. He's the, he's the hero that the NRA always this talks about. This also happened in Chicago that was with security at a nightclub. Yeah, like uh, the week before, two weeks. Yeah, before. Yeah, they shot the security guard. He was he was working and he was working an extra job to make money for his kid for Christmas. Yep. Yeah, the Alabama one's egregious as well. When they're doing because how pulled over, same kind of thing. He told the cop, "I have a gun yeah. in the car." Mm -hmm. You know what's the worst part is I read about that on a plane coming back from. Uh, Amsterdam. I was just in Amsterdam. Uh, I was did a little vacation for Thanksgiving. Um, did you go to the Anne Frank house. This I didn't. Time? I didn't go back to the Anne Frank Museum. We the once was enough. Sitting well, outside. Early days of entertainment, man. We were making it running, big. We were wild. Out of the Anne Frank Museum, crying. We went to the Netherlands and went to the Anne Frank house. It was the Learned first thing we did. Lifestyle. It was the first Straight thing we there. did. You, Gavin, and I, we landed and went to the Anne Frank Museum. And I sat outside on a bench and I cried for 20 minutes while school kids were running around laughing. And I'm like, you don't laugh. You don't know. Yeah. He got he got sad and then he got mad at all the Euro teens for I texting. Did. I did. I was like, this is serious. Pay attention. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was reading about that, and I was on the plane. It was like, you know, was, didn't have anything else which to do. Which one, the Alabama one or the... The Alabama okay. one. I was on the plane back from uh, the Netherlands. Which, by the way, British Airways has streaming Wi-Fi now. Like, you can pay extra to have Wi-Fi that's fast enough to stream. Yeah. American yeah. Airlines does not. American Airlines Wi-Fi on a plane fucking sucks. They're getting there, bucks. though. They're getting there. They switched over from GoGo in-flight to A in-flight. We, 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 we covered that. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was oh, curious yeah. about, they're like, are they phasing GoGo out? Because they're not being clear about it. They're not being clear about it. And half some flights and have it and some flights don't. And right. you never know. Yeah. Well, BA has one that's also good. Uh, that's better. But so anytime I see these things and when uh, I, I like to, I just like to look at like, <laughs> I go and I look at, uh, I look at like what they say on the comments in Huffington Post and I look at what they say on Breitbart and I just go like a couple different websites that I go back and forth on just to see, to get both sides because it's entertaining. It's like, it's like watching a train wreck kind of, you know, watching like highly partisan people uh, and, and their opinions on stuff. So I was reading on Breitbart right after they found out that it wasn't a, that they shot a good guy with a gun, right? And, uh, Wow, I thought maybe there'd be people going like, oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, maybe we fucked up. Maybe we jumped the gun. It was just a bunch of people saying, yeah, well, he's black anyway. It's fucking crazy. It's and 2018 it's, it's like, and it's a fucking major news. For, and the comments are just full of people going like, yeah, Birmingham's too dark anyway. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's it's really fucking nuts. It's and disgusting. It's, it's really nuts. And we went to, we were talking earlier about the Confederate war hero statues and stuff like that. It's like leaving that stuff in place is... It's it's it contributes to that environment where people can make comments like that and feel uh, yeah. safe making comments like that, you know, or comfortable. I guess mm -hmm. is the right word to say. Unfucking believable. And to me, it's like I know the NRA is not going to say anything about this. No. But here's a license. This is, this is, this their, is your this guy. Is their best case scenario that they the narrative they push all the this time. This is your guy. The good guy with the gun. Right. 
You know, he's the good guy with the gun who's gonna who's gonna solve the problem people, of other people with guns. Hasn't there been an example of a good guy? I, to be fair, wasn't that situation the school shooting in Texas that was about two hours east of here? Wasn't that solved by a good guy with a gun? Uh, you know what? Ever since I, I I once I think that there there was an example of where that actually worked. I I, I was sent some examples because I said one time on a podcast uh, that you never hear about it. Like you never hear about the good guy with the gun. It's just not happening. Because oh, here's a couple instances where it happened. So ever since then, I've been kind of. Looking out for them, and you, you gotta try to be it. fair. You do see it, yeah. yeah. And I just was—I was—I have to admit, I was probably a little bit blind to it before. Yeah. But it's like still, it's just I—we we talk about gun control from time to time on this. I have a gun, you know. I—I I own a gun. I live in Texas. I have—I don't, you know. I have—I have guns in my home. But at the same time, it's like if we can reach a point where we could limit the amount of guns and access to guns. I just like feel like we don't need the bad guy with the gun and the good guy with the gun, you know? Yeah. And then a cop with a gun who shows up, shows up, kills the good guy. And then the worst part about this article that I read, besides the fact that the cop shot him within milliseconds, which is just like, you know, what's the judgment call being made there? Yeah. Uh, is that the end of it was, and they killed him and they first, they thought he was the perpetrator, but it turned out later they released a statement saying he wasn't the perpetrator. Uh, he was a citizen trying to help out who had a gun and was, was shot. Uh, and the, they're still looking for the perpetrator who's still at large. And then didn't they also say like, oh, and by the way, we found weed at the guy's house. They also, well, that was another one. Wasn't they it? also, that was Dallas. We can't keep they, him straight. They <laughs> also never contacted that guy's family to let them know they killed. Their family had to find that on social media. Holy and shit. as of yesterday, when I watched the news report on CNN last night, uh, they still hadn't the, reached out to that family and apologized or said, you know, hey, this is what happened. Uh, they just had, had been zero contact with the family, which I find to be uh, unforgivable uh, among all of us. And whether, no matter where you land on the side of the gun uh, debate, that's just that's just crazy to me. What happened to the cop who went into the guy's apartment and killed him in his own apartment? The one in Dallas? Yeah, is it Dallas? Yeah. That's that where they found, they, they found weed. They found weed. And you were thinking uh, Sutherland Springs. As the Sutherland good guy Springs, the yeah. yeah. It was the good guy with the gun. Who was the, who um, was the guy uh, in, he was a driver, got pulled over, was killed. I want to say it was in Wisconsin or Minnesota. It was Minnesota, I think. Was yeah. it Minnesota? And he identified say, yeah. himself. People said, "Hey, I'm a licensed handgun owner, and I have a handgun in the car." And then it's all recorded, and the like. The the cop got scared and shot him. Yeah. When I just he, he's even dying on 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 audio, saying like, "Why did you shoot me? Yeah. Why did you do that? You know, he's following all the rules. Nobody said anything about it. You know, there wasn't there wasn't like a Second Amendment meltdown, not protests in the streets over it. I mean, I wouldn't fuck, dude. In this climate, uh, on the, I wouldn't want to be a cop that has to stop anybody. And show and roll up. I, you know I what I mean? That, like dude. it would be very scary time to be a police officer in America right now. Uh, also, I well, think a very scary time to be anybody other than white in America right now and getting pulled over yeah. as well. You know, because there's guns everywhere. Right. And they still encounter dangerous situations. I saw like dash cam footage from this cop car. I want to say it was in Arkansas, where this guy like pulls someone over at a traffic stop, and the driver comes out, you know, shooting, and you know the officer retreats, and the the driver's advancing on him. Like trying to kill him, and the officer, the officer survives. The officer's fine, but it's like you still have. There are people out there who are going to do that to you. Absolutely. So, that, so you're, you know, you're in fear for your life as well. No, I would just say that's why. Like I, I definitely don't fall in the in the category that all cops are good or evil. Uh, everybody uh, is flawed in their own way, but um, I just can't imagine having like given the current climate of our country and the hyper-partisanship, being a person in a, an authoritative role, having to navigate those situations on a day, it must be the most stressful thing in the world to be a police officer right now. And it should be, it's a stressful job, mm -hmm. but like, 
oh, I just like, I like where you like every, th every action is scrutinized and you're literally taking your life in your hand every day. And in every routine traffic, traffic stop or whatever, not only are you worried about your safety, but you've probably got to be worried about your career uh, as you should be as well. But it just like, it just seems like a super, I would just, I can't imagine what it's like to get up and put that uniform on every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm assuming too that within these moments, these individual moments, that the person's actually scared for their life in that moment. You I know? would assume so. I would assume so as well. And then it's like, and then they got to live with that. But still at the same time, it's I, like, I can't imagine. If a normal citizen walked into someone else's apartment, shot him, you know? They, oh. I know she's, what, what happened to this police officer? She was dismissed and she's been brought up on charges, right? Yeah. And I, don't, I don't remember. Maybe we won't hear about yeah. it for a long time. I'll look it's, it up. It fucking sucks. It, it all fucking sucks. I just. The, the thing, the problem is, like, even talking about this incident, like the one that happened in Dallas with the apartment mix up, mix up. Um, no, it was a mix alleg up. Alleged mix up. The cop went in the wrong fucking apartment. Well, there's also speculation that they knew each other and they were shouting beforehand. Oh, and I didn't the mix up was. She was on the wrong floor. She was on the wrong floor. We walked into somebody else's apartment. Yeah. Uh, is that there's so many things that happen. It's like you can't, you don't have time to spend on any one thing because there's always something new. It's like it's the era that we live in now, not just from violent acts or, you know, uh, gun violence. But also just like anything at all on the political spectrum, it's just like people are screaming mad about this, and then they're well, off to the next thing else, the yeah. next day, the next fucking day. We're, we're read yeah. a headline today that Ukraine is like preparing That's to be what I was invaded say. by we're, Russia. We're yeah. so focused on our problems, which are huge, right? We're shooting tear gas at people across the border <sighs> and everything. That's like the <laughs> Russia seized three Ukrainian warships, and Ukraine has declared martial law because they've said Russia is preparing to invade and yeah. uh, hold a ground war. What will happen if Russia invades Ukraine? Nothing. They took fucking Crimea and nothing happened. We yeah, did. what's going to happen? Uh, not a Trump will say, uh, thanks, Russia, for the cheaper gas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, Can you that, believe that motherfucker? That was, Sorry. That, that, that was that was some <sighs> The audience hates when we get political, and here we are. But to, yeah. to literally, to be so tone deaf to say, uh, hey, he did or he didn't kill Khashoggi, but we still, uh, we still support him. But, but uh, thanks for the, the, like, literally, thank you, Saudi Arabia, for the cheap gas prices. Yeah, all new low. Record low. <sighs> yeah. What a depressing time. I think once I think once we start having... My divorce in, is the least depressing thing I've got going on in my life right now. Is it really? <laughs> no. But every time you look at the news, it's fucking brutal. Is it? Is it, it? Once we get to the point though, where there's wars and invasions in Eastern Europe and Asia, is it okay to talk about politics? Then? I mean, is that like now? Is it okay to talk about? I, I mean, it's you know I we're just, all on this moving train together. I just know the lambasting we get on off topic if we ever encroach. Like if we if we spend a minute talking about politics on off topic, then it was the entire podcast was unlistenable. And it was like we ruined it. I get it. Well, to be fair, we don't really talk about politics at all on this podcast, but then you showed up, so we felt obligated to talk about <laughs> fair it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank it's you. It's all Jeff's fault. <laughs> See what happens when you invite Jeff on the podcast? See, you, this was your doing. Ooh, where am I? Where's my camera? There. It's your fault. You didn't know where your camera was? <laughs> they were on the gym, I think. Were we on the gym? I didn't see a light. I don't know. I guess just we don't hang out much, the three of us. <laughs> no, you're busy writing that book. So. <laughs> Wait, whatever happened to our... <laughs> I am writing a book. Whatever happened to our lunch meetings? Oh, but they always get rescheduled. They're coming back. They're coming back. Are Jeff, they? Believe yeah. it, Jeff. We the had week, one, like Jeff we had the week link in that. I am. I am. I accept is that. that I'm is the week it your link. fault? I, I messed up uh, November. That was my fault. I'm a busy boy. I travel a lot. We had one. I, was, <laughs> I went to Europe twice in t in the last two weeks. Fucking brag about it. What was work, dude? I'm not bragging about it. It's just the, the job. Jeff's an influencer. She's on the go. You call yourself an influencer? I saw who is it? I, I saw people being sued. Who was it? Snapchat was suing an influencer because they weren't promoting spectacles enough, and Samsung was suing a brand ambassador for using an iPhone in public. Yeah, 
I, I mean, you sign it if you sign. Uh, yeah, I think Samsung was suing the iPhone user for one point six million dollars, and I don't remember how much Snapchat was suing their influencer for. But maybe Snapchat will make some money finally when they if they win that judgment. Well, they were <laughs> the the influencers paid forty five thousand dollars upfront uh, in a deal worth sixty thousand dollars for four Instagram posts. I'm like the least effective influencer ever. Because I don't ever get brand deals. Nobody contacts me. And now it's all micro-influencers, right? They only want people with like less than 20,000 followers on social. That's like never a new heard thing. That. Yeah, yeah. micro-influencers, really? yeah. Well, they probably have, honestly, they probably have dedicated people that follow them. Yeah. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's, it's, you, you get one of these accounts that's got like two million, 2 million people following it. Then it's like, how much of those are fucking bots or people that used to follow I the account? So, yeah. You know? The, uh, did you read about uh, the kerfuffle with uh, Gal Gadot? No. I don't know the name. Uh, can somebody tell me how to pronounce the name of this cell phone company? She had a deal with a cell phone company uh, to talk about like how good the cell phones were, and she uh, she was called out for making the tweet on an iPhone, which is like how, how does that how is that still happening? How is that, that happens. still a thing? I don't know. She's so awesome though. Wait, Huawei, Huawei, H U A W E I. Oh, really? Yeah. I think the United States is calling for other countries to start limiting their use of that technology. Them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like after ZTE, now they're the new supposed bad guy. Really? They put the chip in. Mm -hmm. They got the chip. They got the chip. That takes everything. They, they don't have the dip. They just got the chip. So oh, yeah, it's uh, here it is. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, she get called out because yeah, she's via Twitter for iPhone, which is marked it on there. I, it, it's like those kind of blunders are just people should be beyond those at this point. Especially, I, I can't imagine when she got paid to do that. I can't imagine that Gal Gadot tweeted anything. No, she had somebody who was running her Twitter account. That yeah, day. yeah. I mean, what the fuck? And those people are funny too. Huawei? Like social media people in general. I looked over our social media person is gone. Uh, social media people are like the highest incident of getting fired because of something stupid they post on social media. Like they'll, they'll like tweet something shitty on a plane and then they lose their connectivity. They land and then they're fired, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I always wonder, how do you not know? How do you not know that social media is a powerful platform and you're going to get fucked over for making the stupid fucking tweet or whatever? It's a great question. Or, or Snap. You got a Snapchat account? Uh, yeah, I haven't even logged into it in months, probably. I've got it. I, I moved to Instagram. Yeah, but see, I, use, I don't even use Twitter anymore. I use Instagram pretty much. You have to go like you to and Tinder and Snap. You, you got to get all the single stuff, right? I knew Jeff was single. I called him on this because he tweeted at me or he uh, texted me one day and With he an used emoji. a fucking emoji <laughs> in it. I'm like, are you using emojis now? And I knew it was because he was single. You got to use emojis. It's, I just heard this conversation on the Howard Stern show. He was talking about how effeminate emojis are and everybody that was younger was disagreeing with him. Well, I think that's weird to me and I love Howard, but he uses the word effeminate like it's an insult and I don't get why, but uh, It's I, almost I, like it's an old school thing, right? Yeah, it's what yeah. saying. It's like, but it, it is like, it's funny to see the edges of that dude's age around social stuff and how he was like up in arms about emojis. Who gives a fuck? Well, I mean, we discussed toxic it's masculinity a, today. Yeah. That was just the world we all grew up in, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was yeah. it was just right. it was it was horrible. It was horrible. It's yeah. like, and it, it just to be just to be clear too, like a lot of people, like when you say toxic masculinity, there's a lot of males that suffered under toxic toxic masculinity. Um, I don't know any of my female friends who got punched in the face five different times. Yeah, by, the, like, by people they didn't know. I got punched in the face sucks. on a regular basis. I got my ass remember, kicked. Remember when a that guy lot. wanted to fight us on Fourth Street? We were walking from the draft house to like Fado or something. Remember that? And like the guy behind me, the guy behind, we were, we were walking down 4th Street to go to Fado, and the guy, like I was at the back of the group, guy comes up behind me and goes, What's wrong with you, faggot? And I go, What? Are you, 
talking to me? He was like, yeah, what are you looking at? Like, well, you, you're yelling at me. And then like, he, 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 like he wanted to fight all of us right I there. Feel... It was us three and Matt and maybe Jason was there I as remember well. you getting singled out for something at one yeah, point. Yeah, and then yeah. like his friends came and grabbed him and were like, oh, sorry, he's just having a bad night. And I was like, okay, I, I I'm, I'm say, just walking down the fucking street. I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but if you're a dude on six, 36th, which is the area of 6th Street where it's like the tourist trap. It's like our Bourbon Street for people that aren't in Austin. Uh, at 2 in the morning when the bars let out, you've got a 30% chance of getting into a fight whether you want yeah. to or not. Yep. Just because it's just dudes that didn't, like, pick up a girl yep. uh, who are mad and drunk and want to fight. Dudes suck. Yeah. It's, a, 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 should be clear, subset of dudes really suck. A subset of dudes really suck. And, they, they, it's like, and I grew up with all those dudes. Yeah, well, it feels like you just want to, like, Take that percentage, whatever whatever it is, of yeah. dudes, and say, hey, thanks for getting us through evolution to the, like, you know, <laughs> killing the saber-toothed tigers and everything. Yeah. You guys are just, we're, we're tiring you. We're, you take, know? It, take it down enough. We're done yeah. with that. Yeah. We're just, yeah. we're just, we're going to bench you guys for a while. We got yeah. yeah, we got a society now. Yeah. Let's be nice. It's hard to find those guys because all the girls are fucking them, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like 10% in so. So Jeff, what's, so Jeff, what's the name of your book again? <laughs> How long has it been since I've done this show with you? You were here yeah, like like a year ago. ago. Yeah. Ah, a year ago. What did I do? I did do one like six months ago, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. Well, not too bad. Yeah. It was good for once a year or so. Twice, twice a year. Twice That's a year. A, there's, yeah. there's 12 months in a year. That's my mandate. You, twice a year. kept up with that. <sighs> So, then, he, then he goes to six street and gets in a fight. So you were talking about uh, going to Amsterdam. I was at the, uh, I was, I went to see a movie the other day, and I saw a trailer for an upcoming Van Gogh biopic where Willem Dafoe plays Van Gogh. I think I, it seems so, like a perfect. It was like at Eternity's Gate or something like that. I did go to the Van Gogh Museum. It, it looked, <laughs> the trailer looked really good. So we kind of talked a couple of weeks ago. God, this is like super political podcast. We talked a couple of weeks ago about. Uh, Cultural appropriation, specifically with uh, white actors playing, yeah. you know, whatever. And then later in that conversation, we actually talked about them converting Domino to oh, a yeah. character that an African-American actress could play. And that was, you know, the audience called me out on that for not calling you out on that. Mm -hmm. uh, because we were talking about that. We were talking about, like, uh, Scarlett Johansson playing oh, an Oh, she was going to play the trans person? Yeah. No, and, she was well, the, she was going to do that, but then she played... It was in she Ghost played oh, she was in Ghost of the Shell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she played the people main character. People were upset Ghost about that. that movie, I got, people should just be upset that that movie sucked. I got... I got irked about this Van Gogh thing because I read about it. I had it in my notes for a while, but oh, I didn't really? bring it up because Willem Dafoe was, they said he shouldn't be allowed to play this part because he's far too old to play Van Gogh at that point. It's like, it's Willem Dafoe. He's a, he's a phenomenal actor. He can't play someone younger than himself now. I mean, what are, where are the lines on that? You know, Van Gogh when he died. Isn't that he one of the things? Old. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something we're going to see in our lifetime. Uh, 37. I wouldn't be surprised to hear in our lifetime, maybe very soon, that someone gets called out, an actor or actress gets called out because they gained weight to play a part, which is now like a thing that they do, like Mac on Always Sunny is now super or, I mean, or look at Christian Bale. Christian Bale in the fucking big short. Right? Christian every, Bale, so I always think about. Yeah. yeah, Robert De Niro used to be that way too. But I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear like they get called out because they should have given the part to, uh, Heavier actor, right? Instead of this person going out, I do, I do. Well, you can change your weight. You can't change your heritage. Mm, I don't know. Well, I know. Ask but I'm Rachel Dolezal. Uh, what I'm saying is that what becomes a defensible culture is expanding. Yes, hmm. I agree. You don't agree with that? I mean, it's even politics are a defensible I think, culture. Uh, now. Awareness of those issues is expanding, and uh, and sensitivity to those issues is expanding. Right. I, I feel like Megyn Kelly already litigated this and. 
took care of it very recently. <laughs> we're all going to be replaced by replaced by digital copies anyway. This fucking Lion King trailer that came out, they call it live the action. Live action Lion King? <laughs> live action. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's only a matter of time before there are digital stars. Well, we saw, remember like are, the, the dancing video. Didn't we talk about that a couple months ago? Did mm -hmm. I tell you about that? Yep. Where it's like, they can, uh, there's software that can you that can be used to like take a photo of you and make you dance like it looks fairly mm. photorealistic where it looks like you take a person and you make them move and like these great dance moves you're just mapping like their structure onto an actual dancer it's like the same thing like, we're just like a further step away from not needing the mocap data and just being able to or to program they, they it. take somebody's face like obama and then they just put someone in little dots on their face, face mapping, yeah. and they start talking, and it maps the animation and the movement to Obama's face. Mm -hmm. So you Be make him basically say whatever the hell you want to. Speaking of dancing it's and mocap, uh, this is a off target a little bit, but did you guys see that video somebody posted a, a, on a line the other day of Monty dancing, playing DDR? Oh, yeah, no, pump it up. Pump it up? Yeah. That was great. I forgot how much that dude loved that shit. It, it was fun to watch. Yeah, the, I gave him that banner from the first RTX. That was yeah. the, the Monty Ohm experience. It made me, it made me, I got the biggest Second smile. Earth. I watched that video like four times over and over again. It was just, it was so great to see that. I forgot how into that he was. Yeah. You know who else is a big DDR fan? You. No, me. Good. No way. Meg, Meg Turney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She, has, she has a dedicated DDR machine. I, that's, I guess I knew that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. assuming she's a fan. <laughs> just, <laughs> just ended up with it somehow. Uh, here, I'm going to read this other thing. She's I want to remind everyone this episode of Receive Podcast is also brought to you by Tipsy Elves, the masters in ugly sweaters. If you want bragging rights for the most talked about sweater at holiday parties, then look no further than Tipsy Elves. Uh, I love Tipsy Elves. We feature them here on the podcast for the past couple of years. Their sweaters are clever, hilarious, and super comfortable. Plus, they offer a lot of other really great products. You can get a stylish Christmas suit or grab one of the awesome holiday dresses so you can get down with your bad elf. Grab some eye-catching leggings so you can lounge around with... Uh, <laughs> you can lounge around with a cup. No, there's a typo. It says with a up. You can lounge around with a cup of spiked eggnog. They even sell bright and crazy ski suits for when you're shredding some gear this holiday Shredding some gnar. gnar this holiday season. Fire whoever wrote that. Deck the hall. Uh, drink some up. Drink a up of eggnog. Deck the halls with one of Tipsy Elves outrageous Christmas sweater designs. They're one of a kind, seriously high quality, and crazy comfortable too. <laughs> There's tons of great options for everyone with specific sizing for men and women so everyone gets the perfect fit. Make your mark at your holiday party. You won't find more hilariously awesome designs anywhere else, so be sure to order from Tipsy Elves in time for your ugly Christmas sweater party. And right now, our listeners get 20% off at tipsyelves.com when you use our code TEETH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on the site. Go to tipsyelves.com, enter code TEETH at checkout to get 20% site-wide discount. Patrick, fire up re-record number eight. Yeah. Did uh no, we're going with that. Did I adequately promote Achievement Hunter? I want to make sure I don't get yelled at afterwards. When does Achievement Hunter come out, Jeff? I, I think it's on Wednesdays. You think? Yeah, you it's prepare? on Wednesdays. It comes out on Wednesdays, and uh, season one is about halfway over. And you should you have to be a first member. So sign up for first, or I will never make. I'll, I, like, listen, it's an expensive show to make. Here's my plea to the audience. Yeah, it costs like. I don't know if we can say how many millions of dollars to make this show for two episodes. Uh, $116 million it costs uh, to make those 16 episodes. And I don't get to make any more if you guys don't sign up for first. So please do. And I, I, maybe we see some ghosts. Maybe we don't. Maybe Jeremy got touched by a ghost. He did. You saw that episode. It already came out. Yeah. He got yeah. scratched. We, we, this episode coming up, uh, we try to summon Satan. I'll say that. Do you really? First ever seance. Yeah. And we use a Ouija board for the first time. 
So is there any like part of you left that's a little bit religious where you feel like even saying those words is is like an incantation or something is My, a bad idea? No. In that in that respect, no. Uh if I watch the movie The Exorcist, yes. That's the only thing that gets me scared. Religious you, horror movies, religious horror scares me. But in those situations, like I think it's a holdover from when I was a photographer in the army. Like something about when you put a when you put the lens up, nothing else exists. Yeah. And you feel fearless. Like it didn't matter. I get no matter what I was doing in the army, if I had a if I had a camera lens, I wasn't scared. Yeah. And something about like if I know there's a crew and we're we're spending the money that I asked Rooster Teeth for to make the show, uh, I'm kind of like a lot of fear subsides. Gotcha. It also, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, I am the big believer on the show and I have believed in ghosts my entire life uh, um, and right. had my own experiences. The Wait, show you explain is, that? My ghost Because you say this in the intro for the show, but you oh, explain? I don't know if I've ever told that story. I can. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell <laughs> a second. Uh, I haven't been holding on to it for anything. Uh, yeah, I saw a ghost when I was a kid and I'll explain that in a second. But uh my faith in ghosts is a little bit shaken. <laughs> he took pictures of me in front of wood panels. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing a Rooster Teeth shirt when I met him. the lovely old man in my neighborhood. Uh, now, when I was a kid, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida at the time, and my parents had taken me to the movies. I remember it being the Lone Ranger, but I might be wrong How about that. How fucking old are you? Jesus, okay, go ahead. Really? Well, it has been like 82 or something. When did the Lone Ranger come out? 1957. Yeah, I can't, I can't picture that the being in 80s color. The 80s old Lone Ranger. Was it like on Saturdays when you played Nickel to get in? <laughs> that Lone Tarzan? Ranger. Are you talking about the legend of the Lone Ranger? <laughs> what year did that come out? 1981? Yes. So that was I've never that heard of year. this film. There's a character, there's an actor named Michael Horse. <laughs> the legend of the Lone Ranger. Did he, did he play Silver? <laughs> Michael was, Horse plays Tonto. So it was, it, I, I, that the timeline is a little wonky. Because I remember it being that movie, but I also remember being about eight. So maybe it was something in 83. Uh, but I was living in Florida at the time in Jacksonville. And my parents took me out to, my mom and my stepdad took me out to the, th to the theater to see a movie. And we came home and we lived in this house on the, on the St. John's Bay where you walked in. It was a super 70s design where like it had like a sunken in living room, right? You okay. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, take a step down the living room. But you walked in the house and there was just a, a wall. And then to the left were the bedrooms, and to the right was the kitchen. And then right past the wall were two open doorways, and you'd walk into the sunken and living room. Right? Got you. So I walked in the house. My parents took a right to go into the kitchen uh, to get coffee or whatever the fuck they were doing. Uh, you make out. Maybe they were finger banging or something. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. I was a kid. But uh, I was going to go to my bedroom. I went the other way. And I think it was probably like my mom was probably like Jeffrey, get re ready for bed. It's nine p.m. You know, and you're like, Ooh. and so and I looked over. <laughs> Did you ever agree to anything the first time your mom asked ever? No, no, An only child. Does that ever happen? I'm a, I'm a, I was a prick as a kid. Um, and I looked over to the right, and uh, there was a lady in the living room sitting on a like a lazy boy, like on the arm of a chair, and she was sitting on the chair like this with her hands in her lap. And I can tell you now that she was. Uh, Indian or Pakistani. She had uh, like the gear on uh, like a hijab or whatever it's called mm -hmm. or, or an abaya is what they called it in Kuwait. And she had like a dot and she was very or had like this ornate outfit. Indeed. And I well, I just I, it's weird to say Indian because I, I think I said I just saw the the Lone Ranger. I don't think it was the Lone Ranger, but she wasn't an American Indian. She was like a she wasn't from a Native Indian American. Indian. Yeah, she wasn't a Native American. And uh, I like Gus just made fun of American. And Native I had Americans never name. seen an Indian person did. before. So I didn't know how to articulate that for years and it wasn't until years really? later yeah at like six or seven or eight yeah i guess i hadn't um growing up in florida between alabama, alabama and florida yeah I, I and i so i didn't understand what i was seeing she just dressed very oddly to me and i saw her and i went oh 
So I walked into the room and I got about 10 feet from her and I said, hi, uh, are, are you looking for my parents? Um, they're, they're in the kitchen. And she just stared at me and I stared at her for a second and I just got this in, I felt like the room got cold and I got this intense feeling of dread and she just kept staring at me. Um, like she was looking through me. I remember that. And I remember getting really scared. And I said, do you, do you want my parents? And she just kept looking at me and I started to feel menaced. That'd be the only way I can describe it. Like yeah. I felt like I was in danger and I screamed mom, dad. And she just kept looking at me and I turned around and I ran into the kitchen and grabbed my mom and brought them back and she was gone. And that's an extended experience. Yeah. Then like something out of the corner of your eye. No, I, I confronted her and I was eye to eye with her. And, um, yeah. And that was, and did, did you ever look into it further when you were older? Never like sleep again. Yeah. Ever. What was, was anybody like, did anybody die there before? Do you, it was a house we were renting. We probably, we moved not like maybe six months after that or a year after that to another neighborhood. I wouldn't even know. I remember rudimentally where it is. Maybe my mom could tell me the address. Uh, and I can go look into it. But yeah, I don't know. It was a fairly old house. I, it must have been, I don't know how old it was. It, it was uh, This was 1982 or 83, and it had been around for a while. We definitely weren't the first people to live there. Uh, the thing that was just odd to me was I had the hardest time articulating to my mom what she was wearing because I didn't understand it because I'd never seen a person in ceremony, like whatever that outfit it's is. Like a sari or something? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then like, she wasn't in the yard. She wasn't re like she didn't go through a door. The door was still locked when my parents came in and shut the door. And I ran right by the front door. It was a, a span of seconds. We came back. I never saw her again. I never. I don't remember experiencing anything else weird about that. Although I will say my mom doesn't remember the experience. I've mm -hmm. talked to her about it a couple times, and she's like vaguely like maybe, but she's not sure. But yeah, I was. That was fucking super scary, and that stuck with me my entire life. I remember it like it was yesterday. That moment. Um, yeah, and I, I can only chalk it up to her just by the, the irrational fear I felt and the fact that she was gone. That it, I don't think that there was an Indian lady living in our closets, right. and I just caught her out. You know, I think she was a ghost. So you know what you do? You got to do an episode of Achievement Hunter at that house. If I could find it, yeah. Yeah, get your you can find it, yeah. It might be torn down. Jeff's too fucking old. Yeah. I'm not yeah. as old as you. Saw the Lone Ranger. Uh, I'm barely older than you. Uh, all, all and I just lost like 15 years because I shaved that beard. All so, the, all the houses, uh, you look good. You look Thanks. good. Whatever you're doing is working well. I'm doing the same thing you are, doing keto. Doing keto. Yeah. Yeah. You just no, doing it for no carbs. Month. Yeah. No carbs, no sugar. I do a stupid thing though. I've lost a ton of weight. Another thing I wouldn't recommend but works really well for me is I do keto, but I also do this fasting thing where I only eat four hours a day. I was going to ask you, I fucking love that. What's the deal with the intermittent fasting? That's I just what you eat four it, hours right? a day. That's it. Is it I got to get there... to like 2,000 calories in four hours, 500 calories an hour. I, I pretty much do 1,800 calories in like one What meal. is the benefit of that? Okay, so they did a study. They took mice. Okay. Three groups of mice. Ready? Three blind mice? Mice. Took mice. And they said, uh, give them one mice, group of mice, give them food, all the food they want to eat, go crazy. Just like, that's how I usually eat. Just yeah. all day long. I've seen you. Fucking gorge myself. Face down. Yeah. Yeah, open a bag of chips and go all the way to the bottom. Then the other ones, they did a calorie restriction. Calories in, calories out. They said, give them a restricted diet of calories. Because reduced calories is historically the thing that gives you the greatest longevity and everything. Then the other group of mice, third group of mice, said, give them as much food as they want to eat. They can only eat an hour a day. That's it. They, so they, can eat, they can eat, gorge themselves fully for that hour. Like a lion. Like, like a lion. Or like uh, people who would hunt, you know, and yeah. they would do that. They even say that for intermittent fasting, some people really prescribed in the notion that you should start eating at sunset. That's like the when mm. you should time mm. coming off your fast to do it. And then, you know, it's one of those things too. It's a lot of religious doctrine for like pr the practical doctrine that people live day in and day out. A lot of that had to do with health 
and nutrition, a lot of it, like keeping kosher and things like that. Yeah. Those are those are really nutrition rules, right? And fasting has always been a big part of religious experience. Anyway, these three mice, the the fasting mice lived longer, far longer than either of the two other groups. They fully expect, of course, that mice were eating 24 hours a day as much as they want. They knew those fuckers were going to die. Uh, then the, the calorie in, calorie out guys, they thought, okay, this is the group that's probably, we expect to live longer, but the fasting ones did the best. I also watched a video from Terry Crews. Terry Crews says he does that. And at my age, and I think Terry Crews is about my age, maybe a little bit older. It's like anything that's like fitness wise, it's like it gets like this downward slope of hell yeah. as you get older. And uh, especially for dudes, I think, well, you know, Terry Crews is doing it. I mean, if Terry Crews is doing yeah. it, so I thought, eh. So I watched this short little video by Terry Crews on YouTube where he's interviewed and he talked about it. And I thought, I'll give it a shot. And it works well for me because I deal real well with do this or don't do this. What I don't deal well with, and you guys know this knowing me so long, I don't deal well with moderation. No, you I don't. got no filter for fucking yeah. moderation. If you told me I could eat one potato chip a day and like that's it, I would eat 12. You know, in the first two seconds, and then I eat the entire bag. It's like slowly but surely I would do that. Whereas if it's like you cannot eat at this time, I just don't eat. That's it. I don't yeah, eat. I I I've uh, found it to be similar. Like I can't eat some candy. I have to eat all the candy. Yeah, man. So it's easier not to eat any candy. I also don't think I have many addictions, but I have to, I have to admit. There's something about carbs that like if I start eating it, I just don't think about anything else. Yeah. The weird thing is like Ashley can buy something in the store. Like a bag of chips, or she buys these, uh, is that San Francisco chocolate? Ghirardelli? Ghirardelli? Am I saying that right? Ghirardelli? Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. Thank you. She buys these little squares. Yeah. They got caramel in them. They're good. They're really good. I've had those. Yeah. She'll buy them and they'll go in the cabinet. Me, I'm in the store going, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. And I walk away. I can make the decision within the moment. If they're in the house, I'm doomed. It's yeah. like, I just, I'll literally be in the kitchen. I'll be eating something. I'm like, how did I get here? How do I, it's like, I don't remember. Walking in here to eat, my mind was racing. I think I'm an emotional eater too. My mind would be racing, and I would get myself fired up about something that I'm thinking, and then I might instant response is to go eat. I don't know what that is. So, well, it's I, easier for that. I will say I I'm not one to uh, compliment either of you for any reason. I know well aware. I uh, pride myself on that. Uh, but uh, you look great. Thanks, dude. You do. You like, want to make out after the show? No, I don't. Well, the post show. Uh, uh, first exclusive. Uh, you look fine as well, but I, I can tell that you've dropped seventy pounds, probably eighty pounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, you've dropped a lot. Of not weight. that much, but I did. I dropped and a bunch right before my boat trip. I did kind of get off of it and then get back to it. And you and I both you. were. You've you've been doing keto longer than I have, but we both did it independently. I had no idea you were doing it. Uh, until you texted me and you're like, hey, are you doing keto? Well, here's the like, thing. Oh, you, yeah. you told me about, or I think I learned it from Lindsay because she was making keto cupcakes. Oh, yeah. For, for you. Was, yeah. And I was like, oh, Jeff's doing keto. So I came and talked to you about it. But <laughs> dude, I'd never come and talk to you about something like that. <laughs> I know. Because I know you'd be like, that's fucking horseshit. And you know. Yeah, because I'm, I would launch into you. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it'd be something about trying to better your life. And anything, Jeff would be like, well, I'm going to kill that. Anything well, any of you ever do for, well, I, Jeff, I, for betterment, I will ruin. Jeff bonded with you once over the fasting when you fasted for like three hours with you. That's true. I fasted for 12 hours. We did the master cleanse. Well, yeah. Ma 12 hours including sleeping. Yeah. So. <laughs> You fasted for like three hours. He skipped breakfast. Sorry. He skipped breakfast. I skipped breakfast and lunch. It was dinner that got me. <laughs> <laughs> I The problem was they were like, you can have, I remember we were at work and you were like, you can have six of these molasses water things a day. Whatever the fuck was in it. Lemon. It was maple syrup, cayenne pepper, and lemon. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. And I was like, I can have six of these a day. I had six before lunch. <laughs> And then I was like, I'm fucked for 24 hours? This is it? Yeah. And I was... Uh, we, we, do you remember why we did that? 
Because Robin did it? David Blaine. David Blaine did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. David Blaine was doing it to prepare for one of these stunts where he goes and lives in a box yeah. in New York Times for a week. And that's what he was doing. New York Times? New York living, Times? He's New living in a box yeah, sure. in the New fucking York. newspaper. <laughs> this is the one where... He's living yeah. in the, the front page, the, little, the editorial uh, hey, box. Hey, Patrick, when uh, Gus is re-recording all three of his ads, can I re-record that part too? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of re-recording, let's get to that. All right. Thanks for watching. Are everybody. we done? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I'll see you guys in six months. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, Jeff's book. Bye. <laughs>